I V M. Welcome to another week on IVM. It's been a great week. If you aren't following us on social media, please make sure that you are. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. On Cyrus Says This Week, Cyrus is joined by actor and comedian Gaurav Gera. They talk about Gaurav's journey in showbiz and the inspiration behind his shopkeeper Behenji sketches. On Simplified, Naren and Triket are joined by guests Avanti and Zain from the Marvel's Lost and Found podcast. On Geek for Tejas and Jishnu give their take on Ant-Man and the Wasp and discuss the future of the Ant-Man verse. I'm really looking forward to that. That was a great movie. On Vartha Lab, last week founder of IVM himself, Amit Doshi. Hey, that's me. Talk to Akash and Naveen about being Amit Shah's doppelganger, my journey so far, and how he started on IVM podcast. I'm sorry if that grammar was twisted. On Keeping It Queer this week, we have the producers of Vice's latest web series, Sex Rated. And with that, let me take you on to your shows. Folks, welcome back to the Fixed Income Special at Pesa Pesa, your podcast about personal finance. I'm your host, Anupam Gupta. I'm B50 on Twitter. This is the third and final of our Fixed Income Special series. In the first part, we discussed an introduction to fixed income. Uh, what are the various instruments? What are the various concepts? In the second part, we spoke about fixed income instruments like fixed deposits and mutual funds. And how does the RBI policy impact the fixed income market? In this third and final episode, we're going to talk directly about fixed income in your portfolio. Okay, why should you have fixed income in your portfolio? What you could uh, invest depending on your requirements. My guests, my experts in this three-part series are R. Siva Kumar, the head of fixed income at Access Mutual Fund and Lakshmi Ayer, who is the CIO debt and head products at Kotak Mutual Fund. Guys, welcome back. Thank you so much for doing this episode. Tell me, Lakshmi, why should a retail investor okay, consider fixed income as part of his portfolio? Uh, so I'll digress a bit. I will take an analogy of uh, the, I'll invoke the foodie in me again. <laughs> okay. uh, so uh, I, I think uh, asset allocation or when you make investments across asset classes is like a thali system. Hmm. Uh, you require the right amount of carbs, hmm. proteins, mm-hmm. calcium, vitamins, and yes, even fats Correct. in your portfolio. Of course. So if I blend all of these together, hmm. uh, you get an asset allocation which has to, uh, you know, encompass uh, financial assets, yep. which is largely equities and fixed income. Mm-hmm. And then you have physical asset uh, classes, which is predominantly real estate and gold. Yep. Again, uh, in these four asset classes, uh, uh, gold is a natural pull, especially mm-hmm. for in, uh, you know, investors in India, mm-hmm. consumers in India, and especially women. Okay. And uh, uh, real estate, we think it's Teflon coated, it never falls. Correct. And it keeps rising forever. Yeah. Uh, again, this is a fallacy, but for whatever reason, that has an inherent fan following. Yep. Then when we move to financial asset classes, equities and fixed income, mm-hmm. again, there is a natural uh, pool effect uh, in, in into equities mm-hmm. because it's largely popularized. Mm-hmm. It's very well covered across media hmm. uh, and then we have the lesser model which is fixed income yeah. which people swear by because if you look at the banking industry today mm-hmm. it's a uh, hundred lakh crores hmm. and if you look at the mutual fund industry within fixed income hmm. uh, it's about uh, 17 lakh crores okay so what I'm trying to say is that this asset allocation will mandatorily mean hmm. that every retail investor has to have some small dose of fixed income mm-hmm. 
just so that you have a stability on your portfolio okay so as i said if you are seeking growth hmm. if you want to make 100 bucks 200 bucks in hmm. like 5 7 10 years whatever the time horizon is hmm. then equities is mandatory there is no option okay that kind of money is very difficult and seldom made in fixed income yeah. but if you want you know you made that 200 bucks mm-hmm. and then you want to preserve that you want to have a slightly more stable bias on your portfolio ki wo 54 58 se zyada kama ke de aapko that kind of money should definitely go into fixed income Okay. You can, of course, there is no rule of the thumb which hmm. determines that how much should Anupam have in his portfolio yeah. fixed income vis-a-vis Lakshmi or Shiva. Hmm. I think that is predominantly a function of each of one's risk appetite, hmm. and hmm. more importantly, what is our need cycle? Hmm. Which either, if you believe you are good enough, hmm. you do it yourself, mm-hmm. or please engage the services of an advisor yeah. because everything in life is not free. Yeah, because obviously someone who's just starting his career, his requirements will be different from someone who's Precise. in the middle of his career, someone who's retiring. But at all three phases, you should speak to your financial planner Absolutely. about having an element of fixed income in your portfolio. Absolutely. There, I would suggest that yeah. you should not use your Google buddhi. I call it the Google buddhi <laughs> okay. because everything is available on Google, huh. but not this kind of a customized solution. Yeah, because there are so many products out there. Siva. How does fixed income affect the other asset classes? I know there's a linkage out here, okay? And I'm pretty sure that even if I'm buying equity, like what Lakshmi said, if I've got very high growth expectations, there is a certain interplay between all these assets. She spoke about real estate. She spoke about gold. Uh, I have no idea about gold, honestly. I have no clue about that. But I know that interest rates and fixed income and equity, there is a broader overplay out there. Why is it useful for a retail? investor to also keep track of fixed income you know because right. it's there there are implication of what happens in the fixed income which which might happen in other asset classes can you tell us about that okay i will uh, i'll answer this but also in the context of your previous question please please okay. please so yeah. so if you look at the last 10 years mm. what do you think has done better do you think equities have outperformed or bonds have outperformed He, over the last 10 years tough call yeah if i look at uh, you know the, this 2008 2018 yeah. is a horrible time frame okay because equities so were reality is yeah, yeah. Uh, that because we are comparing of course equities have had a fantastic last couple of years yeah. uh, but you're comparing it to the 2007 2008 bull market exactly. so obviously it was on, it was a, it's a it's a bull market now but it was also a bull market yeah, on the base yeah, yeah. and actually if you look at the 10 year return starting yeah. in let's say 2007 2008 to now bonds have outperformed oh. just a gsec portfolio has outperformed the nifty oh okay that okay. is so counterintuitive so, so that's okay. So you know, in, in this is this is long term. Yeah, we are not yeah, talking yeah. about one year, two year. We are talking uh, about ten year. All right. When did the so NSA? Hold on. I'm going to put that in perspective for our listeners. Okay. What 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 Siva is saying is that over a ten year period, the Sensex, my guess is probably remain flat. No, it's it's slightly. It's still positive. I think okay. we are, uh, coupons, uh, dividends reinvested probably about six or seven percent per annum. Versus versus little over eight percent per annum. For it's not very big difference, yeah. but it is a still an outperformance for. And this is only GSEX. So we are not wow. talking about corporate bonds, which are higher yielding yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. We just talk. And of course, on the equity side, you can say I could have bought mid cap. Yeah, or but small cap. Let, like, just you know, benchmark to benchmark. Benchmark to benchmark. benchmark, benchmark right? Back to benchmark, benchmark to benchmark, G6 over the last 10 years better than Nifty. Huh. All right, so when did Nifty get launched? NSE got launched 93, 94, 93, right? Yeah. That's also the time RBI liberalized interest rates yes. and the bond market in India started. Yeah. So if you go back to 1994 to today. Huh. The same applies. Huh? GSEC benchmark has outperformed the Nifty since the Nifty launched. My God, that's how some okay, some, now, some myths are being busted some, out here. Absolutely, twenty-year right? returns. So GSEC has given more than nearly twenty-five years. Uh, GSEC again has outperformed equities in India. Uh, now this this all is like so totally mind blowing. It is counterintuitive. It's completely counterintuitive. It is simply slow and steady wins the race. Okay. If you don't have those big plunges like you had the tech bubble busting hmm. or the global financial crisis, you hmm. have those few years which really knocks out. a large part of your equity return Correct. and i think that 
of just avoiding that and mm. it is really why so in a core part of your portfolio you need to have mm. a reasonable allocation to fixed income okay. and i think people forget this because it's not a hot asset class it doesn't mm. have stories it doesn't have <laughs> coverage as lakshmi said order you know, to resign uh, and therefore <laughs> stock price fell down or something <laughs> no sensation yeah. Yeah. no sensation Ma- much huh? less sensation and uh. we and we uh, so i think the the it's really it's it's fun, uh, i think as an asset class and uh. by the way this is not just indian data you see everywhere else in the world mm. and these differences are not large we are talking mm. about you know over 10 years 20 years 25 years gap in performance is maybe 1% off from each other so sure. it's really not a big gap to say that all my wealth should go to equity yeah. you know i think that's that's what it comes down to you need to have a reasonable allocation to ensure you're not missing out or you're not overexposed to one asset class okay. that's okay. that's the first thing and the second thing with the question that you asked are these two linked they are mm. absolutely linked mm. because when rates go up mm. your exp- you know what happens is let's say if we were at a 10 year yield in india of 6.5% last year and now mm. we are at 8%. Mm. what that means is i can just buy a 10 year bond mm. and i can now make 8% versus what i could have made with 6.5% last year correct mm. so mm. it's it's a lot more uh, there's a lot more reason to own bonds today fair mm. enough now in equities we mm. don't usually use a metric like that mm. no sort of yield we mm. use pe a price earnings ratio which is the opposite of a yield that right. is ep is the yield of a equities correct right? the reverse of the reverse of pe, of PE yeah. right Now the question is shouldn't there be a link between earnings yield and bond yield sure. there should be yeah, yeah, and many people in in the west especially believe that there is a linkage between bond yields and earnings yield that is when bond yields go up mm. earnings yield also must go up okay. and now since earnings cannot go up yeah. price has to come down correct correct so, correct so which is why people look at interest rates and say if interest rates rise too rapidly mm. it could lead to a correction in equity markets mm-hmm. so there is a link and there's mm. a very core link between what's happening in bond markets and what's happening in equity markets okay. you do have leads and lags so mm. the bond you know for example if you go back to 2007 2008 mm. when the us had this big recession mm. the bond markets flagged off this much earlier than the stock markets so right. the stock markets took maybe a year or two to figure out figure it out, yeah, figure yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the bond markets are already giving these signals so yeah. by if you look at bond markets mm. you can very often tell what's going to happen in equities maybe a year or two down the road and that makes sense right because uh, we are at 8% on the 10 year yield i think we are up from what 6.7 6 6 and a half yeah, 6 and a half so that's, that 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 so that's 150 bips uh, increase in the 10 year yeah. bond and guess what the nifty has done nothing this year well it's gone up in during the same period of time yeah. so that, that's the beauty of it i mean i think when you look at uh, any stock model mm. you know what's called a discount rate right yeah, so yeah, you yeah, look yeah, at yeah. the future future cash flow or earnings model mm. and then you discount it mm. what is a discount rate mm. it is nothing but a yield yeah. it's yeah. and that yield in turn is linked to the bond yield mm. so i think when bond yields go up mm. unless you believe that earnings have Uh, the trajectory of future earnings has also gone up yeah yeah right uh, there are certain risks and i think it's very important to track the market sure. it doesn't automatically imply a sell mm-hmm. because bond yields can go up because growth has gone up correct 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 if expectations of gro- growth goes up mm. then yields can but expectation of growth goes up is good for equities yeah i know yeah so yeah uh, the last part of this show i want you guys to give me two products each okay which a retail investor can look at okay uh, you guys just share it between the two you could probably do ultra short term <laughs> and say something medium you could probably go for credit opportunities and law and whatever gsec so you know something like that how about that oh sure good yeah lakshmi you want to start 
Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, we are at a, a stage in terms of interest rate cycle where there are too many variables, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, to be very honest, confusing even bond managers and okay. veteran bond managers. Mm. Um, so obviously, I can understand that the investor will be even more confused. Not that he needs to track everything with details, but then are there strategies? And mm. we discussed in one part of your segment that mm. um, if fixed income offers um, I would say all season solution Mm -hmm. and that all seasons is all seasons macro views which Mm -hmm. are emanating from decision making. So I think in this kind of a market scenario where we think that interest rates are not going to come down Mm -hmm. big time, it's not going to keep moving uh, northward in a big hurry. Mm -hmm. We are somewhere at a stable to marginally rising interest rate scenario. Mm -hmm. I think a better suited strategy uh, in this kind of a market scenario Mm -hmm. for retail investors Mm -hmm. who live and uh, drink, eat, breathe the bank FDs, mm. the closest would be um, uh, say uh, credit oriented funds, you know, okay. they call credit risk funds. Yeah. Now, these typically invest predominantly in corporate bonds mm. across rating spectrum. Mm. Which means that it could give to the safest of safest of safest company to the riskiest of riskiest of companies. So okay. the threshold is triple B minus, which is investment grade in India. Okay. Uh, so at least there, uh, usually if you scan through these portfolios and hmm. these funds have been in existence uh, in India for over a decade now. Okay. Uh, uh, barring outliers, most of these uh, portfolios have been centric around double A. Okay. Which okay. is not very high on risk uh, yeah. profiling. Yeah. So I think these would be suited to an investor. Hmm. But with a minimum three-year investment horizon. Okay, uh, they're called credit opportunity funds. They're called credit risk funds now in the credit new avatar. Okay, yeah. credit risk funds, folks. If you've got an outlook of three years. That's right. Anything else? Uh, so. Uh, and if you are very clear that I don't even want this kind of a small adventure, so this I would call it like a merry-go-round. Mm. So it could make you a little bit dizzy if you mm. just don't want that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you should consider fixed maturity plans, okay. which basically uh, the portfolio manager actually buys and locks in assets till maturity. Ah, so okay. if you decide, you know, I want to do a three-year fixed maturity plan. Right. That's the closest I can give you. Like uh, if you love chicken <laughs> and there's Shivratri going on or oh, there is some season, I give you mock tough. meat. Okay. That's soya, soya chap. Yeah. Soya chap. That's right. So that's the closest we can give you hmm. as a mutual fund industry. But again, here again, there is no rate assurance. See, let's let's okay. be very clear from an audience perspective hmm. that there is no rate guarantee in any fixed income strategy yeah. across the country. Yeah. And if someone does that, beware. Misselling, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 key. And of course, if you are uh, none of these are appealing to you, and you're very very clear that I'm not even egalitarian. Right. Uh, you just want to be in government securities. Then of course, then you have the Plain Jane Garment Securities Fund, right. which are the purest and the most, uh, I would say, sovereign risk, right. uh, or therefore hardly any risk. Uh, you then, but then you have to be yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. for the longest time, and Correct. then not really worry about uh, because that's going to be like a roller coaster, yeah. given the way interest rate curve is right now. Folks, three things out there. Okay, uh, the cre- the credit risk funds, uh, FMPs, uh, fixed maturity plans, and the GSEC funds. Okay, speak to your financial. Uh, advisor about your risk return profile remember we are doing no recommendations on the show go figure it out speak to your financial advisor but this is just to familiarize you with the kind of products that are there credit risk fund fixed maturity plan and a gsec fund okay seva short aside
Yep. So I think if you don't have that three-year horizon, what do you okay. do? And yeah. I think uh, there is a whole uh, bunch of products in the industry, starting from what's called a liquid fund, which is Correct. suitable even for one-day investment. Is this just the money which you are just leaving idle in your uh, account? Correct. Yeah. You know, can I make a little bit better yield out of that? Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a bunch of money market products, which are in our parlance are called things like low duration and ultra short funds, sure. which also have very high quality, highly liquid portfolios, yeah. uh, but are geared with to give you something a little bit better than what a liquid fund can do, yeah. uh, but with a very low risk. Uh, if, if you step up and you say, you know, I've got three months, six months, 12 months money, then mm. there are products in the short term, what's called short term funds, etc. So the, the industry does slice and dies. And mm. you therefore, uh, depending on whether your horizon is in less than three months, I can give you a liquid fund to mm. if I have, let's say a one year, I can give you a short term fund. So mm. it's really about matching your investment horizon mm. to the kind of investments that the fund makes. Mm. So if mm. your invest expected duration of investment is one year, we mm. can find mm. a fund which is also about one year that mm. kind of reduces the risk of your investment mm. uh, by matching closely mm. it's nothing eliminates risk in this world Obviously, but yeah, but yeah. the way one way to manage your risk when it comes to buying a fixed income fund mm. is to try and match not perfectly but try and get uh, uh, the duration of the fund mm. uh, close enough to the duration of your own investment folks let me just put that in a few examples for you okay um I, is appraisal season on right now or it's oh, yeah. over <laughs> it's, it's, it's over okay so you've, got, you've you've had a fantastic year you've had a great bonus and you've got lots of money the, in the bank account you're not very sure what to do about it okay you've still to figure out what assets you know where you want to invest this maybe it'll take you a week to figure it out maybe it'll take you a month to figure it out so when you're looking at a place to park that pot of gold that you've just got you could just put make it into an fd into your bank account that's the safest what seva is saying is you could consider anything from liquid fund to ultra short term funds have i got that right absolutely okay and once you figure that out then you know you just have to you could use any of the platforms to park your money in that and you would get a little bit say it would give you fd plus xyz percent i don't want to get into exact numbers right now but safe to assume that between 50 bips to 100 bips more you could get for that uh siva what's the so these are also in high quality stuff right i mean i'm not taking the credit income risk out the, the credit risk out here right so as you one of the elements that drives credit risk also is how long you hold that bond. Correct, I mean, it's, when you look at rating agencies mm. and they look at the bond's maturity also when they give a mm. rating. Mm. So if it's a two or three year or a five year bond, mm. uh, then they have a rating scale like this AAA, AA, etc., which kind of tells you what is the medium term risk of that particular instrument. Correct. But if you're holding a, a two month paper or correct. a three month paper, correct, you correct. more or less sure this company is going to be around to pay it back yeah, at yeah, the end yeah. of it. So the, the risk of these instruments is a lot less mm. uh, mm. than, so when you look at the shorter turner instruments even hmm. if they carry some amount of corporate bonds hmm. their risk tends to be a lot less Correct. than credit risk products okay or oh, let's take one more example you think the markets are too overvalued right now and you want to sell a bit of your equity portfolio but you have no idea when to go back to maybe you could wait for a year uh, so ultra short term I think would be up to a year Shiva what do you say so in, in the new uh, definitions ultra short is below 6 months so there's okay. some, a new carve out called low duration which comes in the below 1 year space Okay. so these are all funds which are suitable to just you know I've got some money temporary I'm, parking temporary your money. parking next 3 months I'm waiting for an equity market correction sure. you could be using it to do, do an SIP it's called an STP a systematic correct, transfer correct. plan yeah, yeah. so you know while you're doing a systematic transfer plan you earn some uh, uh, hmm. interest or uh, some kind of an income on that hmm. so these are uh, kind of uh, strategies which you can use and when it comes to your own fixed income investments also, mm. you can use systematic tools to optimize uh, 
your way out i mean mm. you know fixed income typically we don't talk about sips yeah, yeah, but you can yeah, use yeah, yeah. swp systematic withdrawal, withdrawal plans, plans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to kind of uh, get yeah, you yeah, a certain yeah, income yeah, yeah. in the form of a regular cash flow and it's very very tax efficient yeah, uh, compared for to. the retirees it's good i mean Absolutely you can just it's, it's probably just poor, put up you know put a pot of money into one of yes. these funds out there and then every year systematically well, every month them. every quarter every year Depending whenever you want uh, whatever your cash flow needs are you can just uh, make a systematic withdrawal okay. and it's a lot more tax efficient than waiting for a dividend stream or some other kind of a distribution and with a little bit more certainty i'm sure oh yes because the dividends in a mutual fund are always dependent on actual profit booking or income booking by the fund yeah, yeah. so whereas in a systematic withdrawal plan that mm. call is entirely up to you as the investor and yeah. it doesn't matter what the fund manager is is doing yeah folks so you want to check your uh, with your financial planner and your chartered accountant okay because these debt mutual funds have got a lot of funky tax angles to them i really don't want to get into that because i would require entire episode on their own there's like dividend reinvestment and there's all kinds of stuff please consult your chartered accountant about the tax impact of all these funds okay i'm not getting into that last and final guys tell me about your respective funds okay i mean how old are they what kind of products do they have uh, again on the debt mutual fund side seva what about you yeah i think uh, we at taxes mutual fund we started in 2009 we are relatively young in the scheme mm. of things although most of us as managers have been around as almost mm. as long as the mutual fund industry has been around uh, but um, yeah and then we are full service so we do offer the full range or most of the range of fixed income uh, products uh, and uh, one of the categories which we didn't spend time on which are called the uh, hybrid or categories so which are, is which ma- which manage both equity and fixed income oh. into the same okay. uh, 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 portfolio so okay. you have a, a an asset allocation built into the fund itself hmm. so we offer a, a whole range of uh, of these uh, these funds okay. uh, and yeah i think uh, uh, it's been a great start for us as a fund house we are little less than 10 years old but hmm. i think it's been a great start and you are i of siva on twitter That's right? right folks if I you am. have uh, any questions please <laughs> f- uh, feel free to reach out to siva on twitter i y e o f v a Okay. E Y E of I of Siva. I think uh, it's just a third eye there. Or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's whatever. It's supposed to. It's supposed to. I suppose. Uh, you get angry. That. People should be scared or something. No, <laughs> it was available as a. लक्ष्मी So uh, we were incepted in 1998 as Kotak Mutual Fund. Uh, we launched the country's first gilt fund. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing because in two decades uh, the gilt fund size at one point in time was lower than the gold ETF size. Oh, just to tell you God. what kind of fetish people have for gold in yeah. India. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. that's statistic. Yeah. Then uh, so at this point in time we are managing assets under management onshore about a mm-hmm. uh, lakh and thirty-five thousand crores, mm-hmm. uh, of which uh, almost eighty uh, percent uh, is in fixed income. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also manage offshore assets, which is close to about uh, 2.5 billion dollars, okay. of which about one and a half billion dollars is in fixed income. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, we we you know pride ourselves calling. Uh, we want to be the one-stop shop for all financial sure. needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want gold, you want gilt, you mm-hmm. want gilt-free mm-hmm. investments, uh, you want uh, fixed income, you want equities, you want all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we say it's more of a one-stop shop, a departmental sure. store over a Kirana store, I think. So that's that's where we are. Fantastic. Your Twitter handle is. 
all the parts of equity covered and all the parts of debt covered you should check out the website and reach out to them on twitter in case you have a query uh seva thank you so much for being part of the show lakshmi thank you so much for being part of the show folks thank you for listening no material on the show should be considered as financial advice the material on the show is for informational purposes only please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision Hello there my name is Naveen Narona and as a gay person in India I get asked a lot of stupid questions a beta is it lgbt or eligibility how do to men procreate bro is grinder better than tinder old we answer all these questions and much more on my podcast keeping it queer where i talk to individuals from the lgbt community in india and learn about their personal stories catch all the episodes on the ivm podcast app or any other podcasting app you like till then keep it queer Why don't we talk about mental illness? For that matter, we don't even talk about emotional wellness. And if we can't talk about either of these basic, very basic aspects of being human, what do we do when we just feel like something's not right? Hi, I'm Zain and I'm Avanti and this is Marbles Lost and Found, the show where we invite conversations about mental health and illness and just get people to talk about it because it's okay to do so. Catch Marbles Lost and Found every Tuesday on the IVM app, website or anywhere you get your podcasts from.